I'll just start as boldly as I can. The best TV show in the world is The Great British Baking Show. There's no question, it's a fact, it's amazing. And I, it's so amazing, I've spent this whole weekend, I feel like, baking and watching the show to get me more psyched about my baking, and so much so that it influenced my homily today. And that is, there was this moment uh, on the show that I was watching yesterday where the judges kept saying to this one contestant, you're all style, but no substance. You're really good at making all sorts of decorative little things out of fondant and icing and chocolate and things like that, but the cake doesn't taste very good. It's dry and bland. You've put things that are less important ahead of the thing that's most important. Now, brothers and sisters, we do the same thing with our faith. We do it all the time. We think that the most important parts of our faith are actually some of the least important, and we think that some of the least important are actually the most important. Oftentimes, we think of our faith in terms of discipline, in terms of a certain type of perfection, in terms of a certain kind of learning or uh, intelligence, or even in terms purely of service or some other sort of kind of social justice. And all those things are aspects of our faith. They're important, but they're not the most important thing. They're not the heart of our faith. The heart of our faith is mercy. The heart of our faith is mercy. And we hear that tonight in the gospel. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. Now, mercy is twofold. In order for us to understand what our faith really is, we have to think of it in two different ways. And the first is the mercy that is held out for us. We are sinners. We reject God. We turn away from Him. We're ungrateful. And not only are we ungrateful for all the things that He gives us, we are more like Saul in the first reading than we care to realize. We persecute Him. We reject him, we're indifferent to him, we spurn him. We spit in his face and we mock him. We turn to things which are so insignificant and we make them gods in place of him. We say my will and not yours. We say my way and not yours. We say I want me and I don't want you. We might not say it explicitly, we might not shake our fist at God himself, but we do say it implicitly in our deeds and in our actions. We persecute the Lord, just as Saul was persecuting David. And what does the Lord do in response? What is his response to our ingratitude? What is his response to our manifest sinfulness? Where we reject him again and again and again. He doesn't take the spear and thrust it through us in justice. He does not tell us even, you've got to shape up, you've got to get better. No. He loves us. He loves us. He is not scolding. He is not angry. 
He is not ashamed. He is not disappointed in you when you fail. His response is only that of mercy. He prays for you. He seeks you out in love. He pursues you to the ends of the earth when you reject him. All he desires is to fill you with his love. Brothers and sisters, that's the heart of our faith. That's why we come to church. Because we, in our brokenness, in our weakness, in our rejection of God, have been so loved that he has pursued us to the extent that he would die for us on the cross. That's how deeply we're cared for. That's the miracle of our faith. That's what this is all about. It's not about discipline. It's not just about learning true things about God. It's about having our sins forgiven. It's about repentance in our heart. It's about experiencing the love of the God who is so reckless and gratuitous that he would pursue us even when we reject him again and again and again. Everything else flows from that. Yeah, we need to live the moral life, but we live the moral life because how can we not when that love has been given to us? How can we not want to try and be more like him? We need to learn about our faith, but not because it's a requirement, but because how can you not want to learn more about someone who loves you this much? We need to care for the poor and the needy. We need to work for justice in our world, but not because it's a requirement, but because how can you not? How can you not, when this incredible love has been given to you, how can you not want to share it? When we put other things ahead of what is central to our faith, everything starts to break down. If discipline is everything, if our faith is an exercise in moral discipline, then eventually when we fall, our faith starts to crumble. We start to get so disappointed in ourselves. We start to think, how can God love me because I've failed so many times? How can I go on? Or we're just not attracted to the faith. We think the faith is just an exercise in being stuck up instead of a response to a life-changing love which empties itself into our hearts. He loves you. He loves you in your weakness, even when you reject him, even when you take his cloak, even when you strike him on the cheek, even when you curse him, even when you mistreat him. And his response is always love. He was loving the people who nailed him to that cross. That was his response. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Our response to that has to be just to open the door of our hearts to repentance. And that's hard. It requires of us to acknowledge our brokenness, to acknowledge our failures. Saul couldn't be reconciled with David because of his pride preventing him from seeing that he was mad that he was persecuting someone who actually loved him. So we need to be willing to see that we are imperfect and to seek out God in repentance. So
So if you are struggling with sin, don't just sweep it under the rug. Don't just say, you know, whatever, this is what I do. If it's alcohol, if it's sex, if it's gossip, if it's backbiting, whatever it is, if you're struggling with it, the Lord's response to you is not going to be that he's disappointed in you. The Lord's response is going to be, I love you. I know this, and I love you. And that love cannot be driven away. And so come receive the Lord's mercy. Come especially in confession. Be willing to open the door of your heart just a little bit so that he can pour his love into your heart. Now, I said there were two aspects to mercy, and there is a second one, and we hear it in this gospel again and again and again. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Judge, and you won't be judged. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. There is a call that comes from that mercy, a call to be merciful ourselves, and that is fundamental to what it means to be a Christian. The early church writer who was writing in the 4th century, Tertullian, wrote about the response to Christians in his town in North Africa. And those who were not Christians were amazed. And they said to one another, see, see how they love one another. See how they love one another. See how they die for those who hate them. Being a Christian means loving others unconditionally. Loving others when they hate you. The servant of God, Dorothy Day, who was a great Catholic intellectual and worker in the, uh, in the early part of the 20th century, has a famous line, which is, you only love Jesus as much as you love the person you hate the most. You only love Jesus as much as you love the person you hate the most. If we desire to be Christians, brothers and sisters, we have to look within ourselves and see, how do I treat others? I can be as disciplined as I want. I can reject as many things as I want. I can fast all day long. I can be as knowledgeable about the catechism as I want. But if I am still treating my brothers and sisters with indifference, with hatred, with gossip, with lying, with detraction, then I am not being a Christian. I am called to love and to love even those who hate me. Now, this isn't just one more requirement. This is the heart of what it means to receive mercy. It's not do this and then God will give you mercy. It's rather God has given you mercy and you cannot but respond in kind. When you are loved by someone, you want to love them in return. And when you love someone in return, you want to be like that person. You want that person to be in your heart and it starts to change you. It's a stupid example, but half the music on my iPhone are from ex-girlfriend's tastes. It wasn't because I really liked that music, but because I was with them and I cared about them, I started to get interested in what they were interested in. When we're loved by God 
and we enter into that relationship of love with him and our hearts start to change, we start to have God's love dwelling within us and it transforms us and it makes us like him and we start to love with his love. And we are interested in the things that he's interested in and we love the things that he loves and the things he loves are sinners, are the poor, are the weak, are people who hate him. And so if we want to receive his mercy, we need to have hearts that are open to it, open to loving others with his love. Otherwise, it cuts short his merciful love and prevents it from growing within us. So think about the people in your life who are hard to love, the people who you don't like, the people who you neglect, who are weak, who you don't want to spend time with. That's who you're being called to love. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Love and like are two different things. St. Therese famously had a sister in the convent that she couldn't stand. She really didn't like her. Didn't like being around her, didn't like the way her rosary beads clinged against the pew when she prayed, which none problems, you know, that's not necessarily things that we, we really focus on, but when you're in a cloistered convent, that's what you focus on. She couldn't stand her. And so she chose to love her, chose to make acts of love for her. Every day, even when she was being annoyed by her. And after a while, this sister turned to her and said, Therese, why do you love me so much? She was astounded. That love bore witness to the depth and beauty of how much God loves us. Brothers and sisters, our faith The heart of our faith is about this incredible, mystical, and profound experience of how deeply we are loved. When you finally realize, when you finally realize how much you are loved, you will be changed. The joy and the profundity And the amazing nature of his love will overwhelm you. You love me, Lord? Me, who have rejected you? Who have become addicted to the things of this world? Who have turned to so many things that are harmful? Who have spat in your face and ignored your holy ones? Who pass by the poor and indifference? You love me? How can I not love him back? How can I not overflow with that love that he pours into my heart? He takes my sins away from me as far as the east is from the west. So that's how far he places our sins from us. And so brothers and sisters, on this evening, receive that love. Open Open wide the door of your heart and then resolve to show that love to those other people in your life, to love them for who they are, with great mercy. Because when we are merciful, we become like him.
children of our Heavenly Father.